Blackhorn with percussion cap ignition. Uh, this is another thing that uh, <laughs> that we run into a lot. Uh, <clears throat> no, don't do it. it it's not going to work well. Yeah. listening to the muzzleloaders podcast the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder how's it going everybody welcome back to another episode of the muzzleloaders podcast uh we have hunter back in the studio today i'm back i know it's been <laughs> ages back. <laughs> it's like where am i i know the it's podcast been, studio i know it's like it's like <laughs> i you know, just being over here in the marketing office, it's like I've forgotten what you looked like. And, I you know, know. Like, the, the days where we got to jovially yes. talk in the customer service office <laughs> for hours upon end have sadly come to an end. Yes, and now <laughs> now we had about uh, 10 minutes cram-packed full of Star Wars jokes just to make up for lost time that That's we right. haven't That's had right. to, <laughs> to do it in the past. I'm getting rusty because yeah. nobody else none knows those jokes over I know. in the Me CS too. office anymore. So. Me too. I'm getting rusty with just human interaction. I just <laughs> sit over here by myself this whole time. <laughs> well, I thought your whole job was human interaction. Aren't you no, talking to people all the time? It's human to camera interaction. So camera. I, if that over there was a human, then I would know exactly how well, to Well, see, talk. I watch your stuff, and I always feel like you're just talking right to me. You know? Oh, that's good. That's it good. It feels though. so welcoming. <laughs> I imagine your face over the camera. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, in today's episode, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about different muzzleloader myths. Um, and these are just misconceptions that people have had regarding muzzleloading. A lot of these things are stuff that the customer service team gets calls about, mm-hmm. questions we get on social media. And so we are just going to get ahead of the ball here and we are going to answer some of these questions and that way you know if you guys call in we can point you to this resource that will hopefully be of some use to you in your black powder journey so um without further ado let's start talking about pellets in a side lock hunter <laughs> well i get that question sometimes <clears throat> it's not very frequent but more than you'd think mm-hmm. everybody likes using pelletized powder which makes sense it's very easy to use but in general that's not a great idea for a side lock muzzleloader there are some exceptions and they're all there's one line of guns the pa pellet rifles that traditions makes that are specifically built for them mm-hmm. and and that's really it um and truth be told <clears throat> even in those guns that are flintlock there it's still you know loose powder still performs better yeah. so you know i i generally would say that's not a great option for you will it work maybe um, but is that something that you want to risk, especially if you're hunting? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in general, just steer clear of it. Side lock guns are old school. They're built for loose powder. There, yeah. There's really no no benefit in running pelletized. Even if you get it to ignite, probably not going to get a very good ignition. Mm-hmm. So, And that's something that I've learned. Uh, we're going to have Colton on a podcast tomorrow and talk about some of the load development that we've been doing with the LRX over the last couple of days, getting ready for a spring bear hunt. Um, But I've learned that there are just so many minutia and uh, little itty bitty details that greatly affect the accuracy of muzzleloaders. And yes, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like it's center fire. Like I, I was out at Nate's house last night doing some reloading and there's a lot of components to that. You want to make sure you're, you're consistent and even, Yeah. 
But with muzzleloading, you have all of those same challenges are all present with the added challenge of not having it all in a nice, neat little package. You have right. to make sure everything's packed correctly. And with pellets, there is you're adding additional variables. And when you're using them with a side lock, you're adding um, additional ignition variables. And right. so uh, especially because a lot of pellets are designed with like holes in the middle so that the ignition shoots right up the middle and ignites right, them because they're built for an evenly yeah. yeah exactly and so that's how you ignite them evenly and so a side lock most of the time that is going to have ignition from the side which is totally yeah. fine for loose powder but you're going to be uh burning those pellets in a very inconsistent way and so you might get ignition each time but you'll probably yeah, find that your it. accuracy is not very good because um you're not you're not igniting them in the way that they were designed to be ignited yeah exactly and i think that's that hits the nail right on the head <clears throat> and most of the pellets have kind of a, a coating around them mm -hmm. of some sort so yeah trying to ignite them from the side does not work great mm -hmm. a lot of the time you're gonna get hang fires and misfires with them so yeah i i mean i think to sum that whole thing up just don't do it. Take the time. <laughs> take the time to use. Stop. Get some help. <laughs> if you're thinking about using pelletized powder in a side lock, please reconsider your choices. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I like I said, I know people do it, and I know in some cases it may work for you. Nothing is a hundred percent, but yeah. as a as a rule of thumb, that's not a great plan. Um, and it's really not that much harder or that much more time consuming to use loose powder. Mm -hmm. I mean. It, it takes maybe an extra minute or two to load your gun. Yeah. You know, and if it actually shoots where you want it to, it seems like a, a worthwhile investment of time. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things I want to kind of segue into from there is uh, volumetric measuring, weight measuring, pelletized powder, because a lot of this has to do with <laughs> speed and convenience. Um, right. And so there's always, with muzzleloading, there's a balance of speed and convenience so it's like okay i want to have I, I don't want to be made like weighing your powder is the most accurate but it's very inconvenient right pellets are definitely the most convenient but they're, you're also sacrificing some on the accuracy standpoint and mm -hmm. so yep. um it, it a lot of it comes down to your goals and so um for instance with the going on the spring bear hunt i'd like to be able to get maximum distance and accuracy out of that muzzleloader and so for a 300 yard shot being off by you know the difference of a grain is a little bit more impactful than being off by the difference you know or than than if you're shooting 100 yards for instance sure you know sure well most you know as a lot of shooters i think can attest a lot of you know errors can be covered up at close ranges mm -hmm. but you know yeah um any variation it, it gets exponential as you get further and further out so yeah that definitely makes sense with you know i get that question quite a bit people ask if we should you know should i measure this by weight or should i measure it by volume and i guess the main thing i have is, is i always have two points is you know well if you're going for maximum accuracy weight is is the best way to go it's mm -hmm. hands down you know you're going to get the most consistent measurements however um that does require a bit more leg work not just in the physical measuring of the powder but also you need to make sure that you've got appropriate conversions for everything because yes. all of your manuals that are coming with your muzzleloader, um, this is across the board with everything except maybe some custom guns out there that we do not carry. Um, everything we carry is giving you load recommendations by volume. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, really common one. Everybody knows Blackhorn because Blackhorn's been just exploding in popularity. Yep. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they had a really nice Western powders. Had a excuse me, <clears throat> had a nice um, conversion table out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not out for some of the other powders. So you just need to touch base with Hodgson or whoever yeah. you know powder manufacturer you're using and make sure that you've got the appropriate conversions before doing that because you do not want to overpressure your gun obviously so um yeah i mean i guess that really just comes down to to your personal preference if you if you need speed you know that's probably not the way to go but realistically i kind of think through that process and it's like well you're going to be reloading most of the time you know at a shooting range or wherever you're shooting Mm mm-hmm you know, and then if you're going to go out to the field and, and you're using weighted charges, you're pre-measuring those. So yeah. the speed thing, I don't know if there's a huge difference there. But, um, yeah, just for everyday shooting, you know, at the range, yeah, pellets are obviously the fastest way to mm-hmm. go. So, And volumetric would be quicker than weight. So, yeah, use your discretion. But for best accuracy, I think, you know, measuring, measuring, excuse me, measuring, measuring, measuring by, by mate, <laughs> <laughs> measuring by weight is, is, is superior. Yeah. And I think one thing, a couple things to keep in mind, if you want to measure by weight is, um, if you're at the range, if you're anywhere outside and this is what I've run into and you're trying to weigh things, the slightest little tiny bit of wind <laughs> can affect your scale, um, yeah. by a pretty significant amount. Uh, you know, I'd say a grain at least, you know, maybe even a couple grains, um, you know, it's just if there's a, a wind, it'll lift it up or push it down, and so you're not getting the consistency. So I definitely recommend uh, weighing your charges out before you go to the range. Mm-hmm. Have as many as you need weighed out, and that way when you get out there, you don't have to fight with, you know, a little portable scale and trying to weigh them out there. Um, yeah, that's a powder tubes are really handy. Yeah. Um, I know Blackhorn used to have those in, like, a case. Mm-hmm. I, I know we carry them, too. Um, but, yeah, those are super handy for that purpose. So, mm-hmm. yeah just load yeah 20 or 30 of those up you're good to go yeah and uh one thing that hunter said too about making sure you have the appropriate conversions um one of the ways that i've done it is take a volumetric charge and pour it into your scale and do that several times and see what your average comes out to be and okay that's your weight measurement for that desired um volumetric load um and so and one thing you'll notice too, what I noticed is using volume, it's, 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 volume's pretty accurate. It's plus or minus a grain versus weight measurements, I would say. Um, yeah. You're usually over or under by about a grain. And so you have pretty consistent volumetric to weight, but weight is still going to be a little bit more um, consistent. And I think it, you'll especially yeah. notice it with the high heat threshold, high performance powders like uh, Pirate X Select and uh, Blackhorn 209 because those pr- those powders are just they pack a little bit more of a punch and so a grain of powder means a little bit different thing versus yeah. like if you're using a standard powder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I think that covers that all pretty nicely. And, and yeah, I kind of forgot. That's a good point with the practical mm-hmm. kind of backwards working the volumetric to weight. Um, Still a good idea, I would say, to also just check with the manufacturer and mm-hmm. see what their recommendations are on it. They'll usually give you a percentage to reduce it by as yeah. well, so you can work that out mathematically, whatever you want to do, but uh, just be safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, seven, 70% is is what Blackhorn uses, um, I believe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't throw out any other numbers for the other powders because I really have no idea, so yeah, I'm not I, say. Yeah, I found Pyrodex Select is about 70% too. 
um, is what I've found. But like Hunter said, definitely it's always a good idea to check with the manufacturer um, just because they have all the data. Um, and even with the manufacturer of your muzzle loader too, uh, because sometimes the uh, the powder like the powder companies will give you a general like this is what's safe to use but then the the specific muzzle loader like for instance mm-hmm. the paramount can use more powder but hodgden doesn't list that under there they just say use right. this amount of powder but the paramount can use more whereas like the uh you know the acura has to use less and so they just kind of mm-hmm. give you an average so definitely check you know the two of those manufacturers definitely a good idea to follow up with when it comes to that kind of thing yeah yep um so now blackhorn with percussion cap ignition uh this is another thing that uh (laughs) that we run into a lot uh no don't do it It, it's not gonna work well Uh, i've talked to one guy i'm not even kidding i've been doing this for over five years now and i've talked to literally one customer of the thousands i've spoke with um who actually had success running blackhorn with a percussion cap and Mm -hmm. everybody else had problems so i don't know what that guy was doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he clearly knew some secret that the rest of us don't. Um, I'm not sure what he was doing, but uh, yeah. Uh, so don't, yeah, don't do that. That's not going to work. You're going to get hang fires at best usually. Um, and like we've been talking about with some of the other talking points, you're going to have inconsistency. Even mm-hmm. if you don't have a hang fire or a misfire, it's, it, you're going to be all over the map because it's not built for, that powder needs a hot, hot ignition, and those percussion caps just don't deliver the kind of fire you need onto the charge, um, you know, to to get that properly ignited. Because I get people asking if they can use that with like a musket cap, <clears throat> you know, in like a northwest style mm-hmm. inline, which may be a little bit better than like a side lock, but I I still don't recommend that. Um, it, it's just not not hot enough. You really need a Magnum 209 primer to set it off or a large rifle primer is great as well yeah yeah i think that and i've actually even run it too with uh using like a cva without the blackhorn breech plug um i took it out there one time and i was shooting blackhorn i was like why is this not going off i did like three (laughs) or four times and it was just like the cap would go off but then there was no ignition like what is happening like did i forget to put powder down the barrel like and then i took out the breech plug and i realized i was using the standard breech plug so blackhorn 209 definitely has a a much higher heat threshold and um, you'll find even if for some reason you are getting ignition, kind of like we were talking about with the pellets and a side lock, you're going to find that you're, you'll most likely find, not, not 100% apparently. But, There's that one, know, <laughs> that one guy. That one guy. You'll most likely find that uh, your, your um, accuracy is going to be bad because you're burning inconsistent amounts of powder. The powder's not igniting consistently, all that kind of stuff. So Blackhorn is incredible when used under the uh, proper circumstances. Right, and it's really built for modern inline muzzle loaders. It is not really built for, like, your side lock guns. And that's something else that's important to note. Most of the modern reproductions, I'd say 2010 and newer, is kind of the... That's kind of the the marker time-wise as to when everything, all the barrels got beefed up. Mm -hmm. But the traditional side locks are still not built for magnum charges. Um, So Blackhorn, if you don't... You know, because even with Blackhorn volumetrically, you have to reduce it, right, compared to, like, Pirate X or 777 um, by 20% um, for it to be a safe load because it has higher pressures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're trying to use that in a side lock that now can only use, like, you know, 90 or 100 grains of powder, um, and then you're not converting that properly, you're creating a dangerous situation. So I don't recommend Blackhorn for, for any side lock or traditional style muzzle mm-hmm. loaders. It's not going to give you good performance because it's not built for that. 
and you know there's potential safety hazards there so yeah i mean ultimately i think one of the things that uh, i've actually found is your standard like ffg triple seven uh ff or the pirate x rs all that kind of stuff even pirate x select uh is good to go in that but uh the one thing that is uh, I've noticed a lot of people being around more and more people that are shooting traditional on a very consistent basis. They almost all uh, swear by just a traditional good old fashioned like go X or Swiss powder. <laughs> the because real stuff. The real, the real stuff. McCoy. That's right. Because it, it uh, just it, it ignites so much easier. It, and, um, it does. And it's more difficult to acquire. But I mean, if you're able to get your hands on some of the true black powder and a lot of times you'll find your local rendezvous um, or but NMLRA shoots or whatever, they'll oftentimes have uh, like clubs you can sign up for, and that gives you access and sometimes a little bit of a discount on black powder and stuff. And so definitely check that out if you're going to be shooting traditional on a consistent basis. Yeah, your buddy Ethan, I was watching one of his videos on YouTube, and he was saying um, that a like a model rocket company had acquired GoX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make rattle or rattle market. Rattle killing it today. <laughs> they make model rocket engines, um, or something like that. But they're going to keep producing Go X as well. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that is going to be readily available in 2023. Yeah, I know it doesn't help us out a whole lot this year, but we're already <laughs> halfway through this year. So yeah, seriously, you know, it'll be 2023 before you know it. So yeah, and I guess for those, it's Estes Energetics is the company that bought it. For those of you that are interested in that sort of thing. Um, and I'll put a, I'll put a card above for, to Ethan made a whole video on, on that, uh, that specific interaction and exchange. Um, and so, but yeah, that, that was a really, a really cool thing. Cause I think GoX is one of the, one of, if not the only company in the United States that was making true black powder, um, because like Swiss powder shoots in, like that's all overseas. And so, uh, it's cool that GoX is still going to be around and be able to be able to, you know, get American made black powder. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, in this day and age, it's nice to have stuff stateside so we can get a little quicker for sure. So, yeah. um, all right. Awesome. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Um, now Blackhorn 209 is the only good powder to use in modern inline muzzle loaders. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> I, I requested to put this one on here cause I get this a lot. Um, so I'm just going to start off by saying Blackhorn's awesome. Everybody loves it. And there's a good reason for that. Yeah. Now I want to say, that Blackhorn is not the only powder out there that you can use in your muzzle loader. Um, I know it's cleaner. I understand all of its benefits, but hear me out. Um, it's not readily available at the moment, so mm-hmm. don't panic. Most all of your guys' guns can use like Triple Seven, Pirate X Select, Pirate XRS, and you're still going to get good performance. I do understand it's going to cause you to have to clean a bit more. Um, unfortunately, that's just kind of part of the game right now Mm -hmm. um but i I just wanted to encourage people with that because um a lot of manufacturers are are recommending blackhorn for their guns now because it's great it's clean burning it performs well and that's that's all fine and dandy and when it comes available i I highly recommend you know getting it but for now um I did want to let you know that these other these guns can still shoot all these other powders. <laughs> they, <laughs> they all will, exist. They will work. Uh, trust me. I've been I've been recommending them for years. I was actually talking to Caleb, our customer service manager, uh, last week, and I was laughing a little bit because I was reminiscing on uh, what I used to recommend <clears throat> before Blackhorn was so popular. We carried it, but it was really expensive, and not very many people were shooting it. 
um, uh, when I first started working in the muzzleloading industry. And so most of the time I was recommending triple seven and pirate X select. Mm -hmm. Um, and people were getting, of course, you know, great performance with those powders and they still will. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, cause I know a lot of people are really discouraged and kind of down in the dumps right now cause it's hard to get blackhorn. So, um, you know, don't, don't worry. Like your gun will still work with pirate X select. That's really the one I recommend as, as the best alternative. I would say mm-hmm. maybe you have a opinion on that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's, that's so blackhorn is so difficult to get a hold of that. We yeah. don't even have any for our marketing department. <laughs> and so <laughs> poor marketing. Yeah, I know. It's oh, like, that's sad. So I, <laughs> I have been, uh, yeah, I've been having yeah. to test with the Pirate X Select, which is pretty yeah. readily available. We've been able, we've gotten several shipments of it. Yeah, and it's a good powder. I mean, on average, with a thirty-inch barrel, I've been now keep in mind this is totally dependent upon elevation, but sure, we're, we've been getting about two thousand two hundred feet per second on average. Um, and one of the things you'll notice if if you're having issues with standard deviation concerns uh, with your muzzleloader, then there's other f- contributing factors. So. I think performance-wise, you can get pretty close Pirate X Select to, to Blackhorn 209. There's always going to be a little bit of a deficit, I think, mm-hmm. I think because Blackhorn 209 is is probably the best loose powder available right now. Yeah, it's optimized for sure. Yes, but it's like um, I think that with Pirate X Select, if you're doing everything correctly, you can get really, really, really close. I mean, I think you'll, there's no reason you can't shoot, you know, a one-inch group at 100 yards with, you know, a, an Acura or or whatever but yeah. um there's little things that i think people tend to overlook that i have overlooked for a long time which is making sure your ramrod like when you're packing down your powder it's consistent extremely consistent every single time like exactly right um because not even just the same distance but the same pressure the same pressure yeah. the same pack because uh, and that's why really the only way to ensure that consistency is marking your ramrod because um yeah that way you have everything is going to end up being because uh, if you pack down your powder too too much that affects how it burns and if you pack it down maybe less the next time that also affects how it burns and you'll probably see you know velocity numbers that are very very inconsistent just from that one small change Mm -hmm. and so um make sure that you're packing consistently make sure that you're uh you're measuring consistently if you are measuring by volume don't tap your powder measure and then fill it up more because that's going to give you inconsistencies in your powder um, there's all all manner of different little tiny minutia things, and I'll put a link above to our um, our load development podcast, and you guys can you know run with that because we talk about a lot of this stuff in much more detail than we're going to get into today. Yeah, but yeah. just a little plug there, if that way you guys have access to that resource. Yeah, awesome. So anyway, yeah, just just to sum up on that is uh, yeah, really with pretty much all the inline guns, because um, the main ones that come to mind with Blackhorn recommendation is, is all the new Acuras um, and then all the Paramounts. Mm-hmm. And that's the Paramount, Paramount HTR and Paramount Pro. Yeah. Um, so all the Acuras can definitely shoot the 777 and Pyrodex. You're not going to see a huge difference there. With the Paramounts, I did want to just make a little caveat there. So those guns are specifically geared for Blackhorn. Mm-hmm. Um, so really that's the best Thing to do for them. If you're going to shoot other powders out of them, you you certainly can. Uh, but what you'll want to do is is convert it to use a 209 ignition system mm-hmm. because that large rifle primer, for whatever reason, how that is set up, does not burn well with the uh, with the non-blackhorn powders, mm-hmm. and you get really poor consistency um, in in your accuracy and precision downrange. So 
I don't know all the science behind it, but I know that is happening. So yeah. Uh, but the two hundred nine ignition system seems to fix that. So there's there's that little tidbit for you there. Yeah, that's good information. I think that um that and especially with Blackhorn being unavailable and looking to be unavail like looking to have very very limited availability for At least some, this year. Yeah, for some time. Yep. Uh, you're definitely going to want to research other alternatives and just kind of make do with what you got um, because, you know, some powder is better than no powder. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you are you got a good hunt coming up, you know, you can get your gun dialed in. Yeah. And if you need help with that, give me a call. Um, yeah, seriously. You know, or Colton or Caleb. Those guys are all super knowledgeable too. Hit up Darren on our social media channels and we can walk you through different tech tips and how to get that dialed in. So yeah. definitely don't be intimidated by it just because your manual says, you know, this is the recommended powder. Mm-hmm. There's, there's good options out there. So you're, you're not boxed into a corner. Yeah. And one, one last thing is if you are using Pyrodex with the, the Paramount specifically, definitely give CVA a call because that you're not going to have the same measurements. So no. um, it's going to be much different as far as the recommended and uh, safe loads with like Pyrodex Select versus Blackhorn 209. One um, thing I kind of recommend with those is, um, you know, because they're rated for super magnum charges of Blackhorn powder. So if you stay at that standard 150 grains, that's mm-hmm. safe for yeah. that gun. Oh, yeah. Um, you're not going to get the same kind of performance. Um, just know that. But it's a good safe load, mm-hmm. solid out to 300 yards. So, I mean, it's for most hunting applications, it's it's great. I know yeah. it's not as, as good as what that gun can do. Um, so if you really want to push it, yeah just checking with CVA and, and probably hodged in on that mm-hmm. to make sure you've got the right load conversions. Yeah. And, um, so, and yeah, it's always going to be better than just throwing the bullet at them. <laughs> yeah. And that's by volume. I was saying that by volume. Yeah. Just to yeah. specify. 150 by volume. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the is getting so confusing. Now it, you have <laughs> Everybody's to getting all, all technical. Yep. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, so now, Muzzle loaders are only effective out to a hundred yards slash muzzle loaders are inaccurate. Okay. I think we're making a good dent on this one, like education wise, um, in the industry. And so are, you know, all the other, you know, retailers out there and the Mm -hmm. the manufacturers are really pushing against that narrative. So I think we're making great headway there. There is still some people that, that have that misnomer, um, to that. I would just say, man, Google some of these new guns and see what people are doing with them. Um, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely not limited to 100 yards anymore. Even a lot of the traditional guns can shoot further than that. Yeah. Uh, like some of your Pedersolis are geared for 200 plus yards. I mean, uh, your real basic traditional guns, yes, those are still going to be, you know, 100 yards and in. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you want to do, then that's the kind of gun to go for. And they will be just probably as inaccurate as you want them to be. But <laughs> they're not yeah. that really. Um, yeah, unless you're going with some really like old timey like smooth bore stuff, you you're gonna be on paper. Even the the worst muzzleloader I think I've ever shot still would hit you know probably like a dinner plate, mm-hmm. you know a small like salad size dinner plate at you know eighty to a hundred yards. So yeah. they've they've come a long ways. Obviously, manufacturing methods have improved over the years. That's why we're getting so many crazy long-range centerfire guns, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of that technology actually gets transferred into all of the shooting sports. It's mm-hmm. not just staying in those specific niches. So, yeah, um, so yeah I definitely, that's, that's definitely not the case anymore. Um, you know, really the only disadvantage and sometimes only difference you can even tell shooting some of these new muzzleloaders is that 
reloading it takes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. mean, a lot of these just feel like you're shooting a center fire rifle anymore. Mm-hmm. They're they're just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I totally agree. I mean, with like with an Acura or with a Vortec, um, you know, any high end, even just standard Magnum, yeah. a one inch group at 100 yards is very achievable. Um, and so yeah. you should be able to do that pretty consistently. And those muzzleloaders will stretch out to 300. Um, one thing that I have noticed, though, with muzzleloaders is those longer ranges, even with things like the Paramount, as you get out to six, 700 yards with the Paramount, and it, it starts much sooner than that with like standard Magnums, but your environmental factors are significantly more, um, uh, they're more drastic. And oh, so yeah. like with a, with a center fire, you have, uh, you have to care, your, your environmentals matter a lot, but that is just, uh, exaggerated in muzzle loading and so i actually kind of enjoy that i think that's fun because we don't really have a, a whole lot of access to places where you can shoot a thousand yards with a center fire around here right but we have a 300 yard range and so it's like with a muzzle loader i can have some of that fun experience of like okay i have to learn how to judge the wind i have to understand the temperature and all this kind of stuff and you're getting all that fun uh at just 300 yards um, but the flip side of that is if you're hunting, <laughs> you're getting all that fun at 300. That yeah. <laughs> so yeah. If you're taking a longer <laughs> shot with a muzzle loader, um, you're going to want to make sure that you understand, uh, the environmentals. It's oh. very important, uh, because yes. it's going to make a huge, huge factor, uh, with, with the muzzle loader at that distance. Well, you've just got a really big chunk of lead that's moving very slow, relatively speaking in mm-hmm. the firearms world. Um, and yeah, it just is like a sail when the wind's blowing, it just catches it and you're going to blow right off course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a much bigger factor <clears throat> and it's, it's a good point. You know, I know we've talked about ethical hunting on this podcast, you know, in the first season. Um, and that's definitely stuff to consider mm-hmm. when you're out there hunting, just cause your gun can shoot that far doesn't mean that you're going to hit exactly where you think you're going to so mm-hmm. practice is key on that yeah and yeah you, you, the maximum range is not what the manufacturer says it's what you're able to group consistently at you know yep yep definitely so cool yeah muzzle loaders yeah. are not inaccurate i don't even know really where that 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 must have started <laughs> with like the brown bess or something because well like even the kentucky <laughs> rifles like and people were taking pretty long shots with really good accuracy with those you they know? were but those were kind of cutting edge right at yeah. the time <clears throat> you know i i watched a tv show one time and they made a joke about it uh, but it's based off of a comment an actual office a british officer said during the revolutionary war and basically they're training all these these new recruits, um, some of the colonials that were loyal to the British, you know, those traitors. But, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they were training some local regiments. Um, and he's basically, you know, at the TV show, he's like, hey, this is a spear that shoots, you know. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of the mentality, I think, that they had. And, you know, realistically, it, it's kind of funny. As I talk to people sometimes, too, and they're like, why on earth would people just stand in tight, big, huge groups of people and shoot at each other? I'm like... Mm-hmm. You know, because they couldn't hit each other. <laughs> you were pretty safe right there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was still a lot of, yeah, a lot of, you know, just using the gun as a spear. And that even took place clear up through the Civil War and stuff, even as guns got a lot more accurate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably why media has, you know, yeah. Hollywood is, I'm sure has dramatized that probably. I mean, they weren't terribly accurate, mm-hmm. no doubt, but I think movies have, have made it a little bit 
maybe more exaggerated than it was or was not. So yeah, well, I think that's kind of the turning point. Like I think that the Kentucky rifle um, is kind of the beginning because you'll see like the Kentucky rifle was accurate. The Hawken is really accurate. I think from there is where you start to see muzzleloader technology start to, and I guess firearms technology is this rifling increase. Yeah, yeah that's seriously. the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah once rifling came on the scene, that you know definitely helped us hunters out a lot um <laughs> it well it still wasn't used by the militaries for a long time because it just wasn't practical you mm-hmm. know to reload your gun it just is harder to reload as you know as everybody watching this can probably attest if you don't clean your gun out it gets really hard to load so mm-hmm. um so yeah just you know for the the smooth bores were the norm for a long time so i mean picture shooting a shotgun at 300 yards you're not going to hit anything really mm-hmm. and that's with a modern you know cartridge and you know, higher velocity rounds, you're going to be all over the place. And that's what they're working with. So essentially. Yeah. And I think you kind of see that even with just modern uh, military tech fire technology, where oftentimes you're looking at you, you can sacrifice a little bit on the accuracy standpoint for speed. Oh, speed and volume, you know? You know yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I'm sure there's a number of our listeners are probably way better versed in this than I am, but I, I've, seen different reports at times of you know you know infantry units shooting you know thousands and thousands of rounds there's like a, a couple of casualties in the whole battle you know it's mm-hmm. just it's all about maneuvering yeah you know and even back then it kind of was too so um yeah it just depends on the purpose of the gun really mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think the myth that all muzzle loaders are inaccurate and bad yeah um is is just not the case and i think that's really like i, I mentioned earlier we're we're making good progress on that. I think that's evidenced by the huge increase in muzzleloader hunters mm-hmm. these days. And, you know, states are seeing that too, providing more muzzleloading opportunities, which I think is awesome because really with some of these guns, you only get one shot a lot of the time, but it's a really good shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's well-placed, that's really all you need. Yeah. Um, so still a little more challenging than your regular rifle, of, of course, but, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, very doable mm-hmm. um, for successful hunting. Totally. Yeah. And uh, now, muzzleloaders are unsafe. <laughs> okay. Well. That's a myth, by the way. I'm not saying that. That is not a statement. <laughs> Darren That's Binder, 2022. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Our, our business is, is, is in trouble now. Yep. Oh, We're in the same. go. No. I'm fired. So, muzzleloaders are, are not inherently unsafe. No gun is inherently unsafe. There are dangers with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to accept the responsibility as as someone who is going to be shooting them um you know that there are you know nothing's 100 percent. there's no guarantees in life um having said that these guns are well designed they are well built and they are built within safety specifications that if you are not breaking intentionally you're probably not going to have any problems yeah um so by you know my caveats to all this right you got to caveat everything these mm-hmm. days so yeah. <laughs> They can be dangerous if you are not properly handling them, loading them, you know, cleaning them, cleaning them, all that stuff. Case in point, um, <laughs> I had a customer. This is a few years ago. Uh, call me and just he was mad as a hornet, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And and anyway, we got talking, and he's like, "Man, my gun went off." And I was just like, "Wow, okay, like what? Well, what happened?" And and he's like, "Well, <clears throat> I I loaded my gun up." Because he, I guess he had the breech open, and he loaded the gun, which that sounds really challenging in the first place. Yeah. But anyway, so probably should have been some red flags there. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, um, so he loaded the gun, 
and then closed the ignition and it and it went off and shot a hole through the bumper of his truck. Oh, um, so probably what happened is he loaded it, broke it open to put a primer in, and then maybe that's what it, it was. Yeah. I was I was a little fuzzy on the details, but that makes a lot more sense. So mm. anyway. <laughs> More sense than what I was thinking. I was just like, how on earth are you loading that thing? <laughs> That's been a long day, and it's only 10 in the morning. All yeah. right. So uh, anyway, yeah, so and so he was, he was really upset with, you know, with uh, with his gun. And I was like, well, okay. And I was like, well, what what seems to be the problem, like, when you're looking at the at the weapon? And, and he's like, well, the firing pin's stuck, sticking out. And I was like, yeah, well, that probably would set it off. And. So I, I asked him, I was like, well, have you been, you know, cleaning the firing pin? And, and he said, well, no. And I was like, well, well you, you need to clean the firing pin on, on, on these guns. They're removable. You know, mm-hmm. you need to take them apart, you know, keep them good and clean, keep them lubricated so they, they function properly. And, and he just didn't know he needed to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because a lot of modern firearms, you can't even get to that stuff. And yeah. so, yeah, on muzzle loaders, it's really important. Um, especially the inlines before that very reason, because if mm-hmm. they get stuck out, you know, and you don't notice it, yeah, you can, you can set your gun off. You don't want to do that. So anyway, so that was a valuable learning point for, for him and for all of us really, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to make sure we're properly maintaining those things. But that's one example of something that can go wrong. The other biggest danger I would say with muzzle loading is if you do not properly seat the projectile. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Is that the biggest? Okay, there's that one, and there's, there's a, also using yeah. smokeless powder in a black powder gun. <laughs> Those are yes. the two big ones, I would say, besides improper cleaning. Um, if you if you do not get the the bullet properly seated, you know you're you're basically you know unintentionally creating a, a bomb essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and when those hot gases hit that bullet, they're going to go out the side of the barrel instead of pushing the bullet out. So. Yeah. Uh, just make sure you're properly seating it. But like we mentioned earlier, if you're marking your ramrod like you should be, um, keeping your gun clean so it's not, you know, a Herculean effort to load it, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to run into that issue. Yep. Um, so there's there's very practical safety measures to take to ensure that your experience is fun, enjoyable, and everybody comes home safe. Yeah. Um, there's no reason that it, it has to be dangerous at all. Mm-hmm. And um, double loading, I think, is one i i have always been afraid of because uh especially when i'm at the range like i shoot muzzle loaders a lot and so you're at the range and you get into a groove and then you're like you know it's so easy for like oh did i load it i don't know and you load another one and then so just be very um really all of this safety stuff just comes down to just be smart um be present and pay attention to what you're doing yeah yep. pay attention to what you're doing because uh, it's so easy to get talking to a buddy and then you're like, oh man, what have I done? Did I do this? Did I do that? You know, and, and if you have any doubts, always double check, always confirm, oh, yeah. you know. And especially with, I mean, this is as simple as, as running a ramrod down the barrel if you've got a, a side lock gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, if this is sticking out, you know, to where my mark is, there's a, there's a charge in there, you know. Um, yeah. And if... You know, if that's not the case, then obviously go ahead and load it up. But then with the inline guns, uh, you could just pull the breech plug or even look down the breech plug, point the gun in a safe direction, you know, just point it up to the sky so you can get some light. If you can't see any light coming through there, then you've probably got something in the barrel, right? So mm-hmm. there's just, it's not, it doesn't take time, a lot of time, um, very easy to do. And, you know, and yeah, there's really no reason not to if you're in doubt. So just take the time to do it. It's not worth losing a hand or an eye or worse you know over something like that totally yeah and if you guys have more questions on this topic 
link above. We've did a whole podcast on unsafe muzzleloader practices. Uh, so if you're concerned about some of the things like what Hunter just talked about, maybe there's some things you don't know. Mm-hmm. Check out that podcast. We covered uh, the, all, pretty much all of it in depth. Yeah, so. for sure. And if you're really, really wanting to get into muzzleloading, this is a little piece of advice I've been giving people. If you're really hesitant about the safety side of things, but you really want to try muzzleloading, check out the Nitro Fire. Mm-hmm. Great way to get started. Build up some confidence in it. Totally. It's super safe. That gun is, you practically can't do it wrong with that mm-hmm. gun. Um, so check that one out. That's a great way to get started. I've had so many people talking about how that's why they love that gun because yeah. there's a little ring inside of the barrel that the bullet sits on, um, and so you know it's there every single time. Mm-hmm. And then the charge, of course, is contained and goes through the breech. So it's kind of a half-and-half half yeah. loader, but it's a great way to get started, get your feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very safe. Absolutely, and it's consistent, uh, waterproof. Shoots great, too. Yeah. It's an awesome gun. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Because then you don't have to worry about, even just accuracy standpoint, you don't have to worry about packing down your powder consistently because it's the same every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's not legal in every state for hunting, so just keep that in mind. But, um, you know, it's, it's yeah, definitely a great option if you're looking to get your feet wet without, you know, one, spending a ton of money, and two, you know, having to kind of work, your, your wrap your head around all the various you know, different aspects of, of properly loading it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll want to do that as you go, but that's a good way to, to get started. Yeah. And uh, so you have to use soap and water to clean your muzzle loaders. Myth. That is a myth. <laughs> that is that is a myth. <laughs> and that depends on who you ask. <laughs> there are some people that feel very passionately There's about people, this subject. Seriously. And that's, it's <laughs> and still that's okay. A, yeah, it's still a, a viable way of doing it. Oh, for sure. But. Um, I talked to a gentleman the other day um, who was asking me about that, and he's like, well, really, the only way to clean these sidelock guns is with boiling water and soap. And I was like, well, you can use modern solvents. Um, now, by modern, I mean black powder solvents because you don't want to use petroleum-based stuff with black powder, especially if you're shooting, like, Go-X. Mm-hmm. That'll make your – it's a, you can make a it a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But um, – yeah, you don't have to do that. The solvents that are on the market today are really very potent. They work well. Most of them are non-toxic, too, so very safe for, for kids and around pets and stuff. Um, and they work really, really well. They eat up all that powder, clean all that stuff out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then you don't have to worry about burning your hands up <laughs> with boiling yeah. hot water and stuff. That's a train wreck anyway, um, even if it's done well, I think. And the biggest reason is because if you do not get all of the water out of there, you're going to rust your gun. Mm-hmm. You have to get it completely dry. Um, solvents are, have an evaporative agent in them, so they will take care of that for you. But if you do not get water out of the barrel, if you're cleaning with water and soap, you're going to rust up that gun. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the solvents, so uh, Thor has a solvent, and that the Thor solvent is the best solvent I've ever used in a muzzleloader. I still I haven't think. used it's, it. We just started carrying that. It is absolutely incredible because uh, basically with muzzleloaders, you have a process and there's a different, even just amongst solvent people, there's different processes. My personal process is uh, run a solvent patch down, let it sit for five or 10 minutes, run another solvent patch, then brush, and then just cycle wet dry wet dry wet dry until it they come out clean mm-hmm. and that process has worked pretty well for me um but uh you know finding really i mean the cva solvent tradition solvent the, the thor solvent it's all going to work well for you um, because they're all 
muzzleloader specific. Yeah. Uh, like Hoppies is a great solvent. That's what I've used in my center fires for ever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've that's ever what used I used too. Else. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for like muzzleloading, it just is not. It's not designed for it. It's not no. meant for it. So no, it's petroleum based, right? Yeah. So and that's really the main thing. Uh, you just don't, don't want oil based stuff. Um, I've had people ask about ballastol because it's like a, I think it's like a vegetable oil base, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It was different. I was, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Don't quote me on it. But um, <laughs> it's, I don't believe it's like a, like a gasoline petroleum type of, of uh, solvent. And so I don't know about that one, but it's, since it's still an oily based cleaner, I would probably steer clear of it yeah. for muzzle loading. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it works well in other guns. I've used it on other stuff. Yeah. Um, and just to circle back to the water, you can do that. Yeah. Um, so and it works. It's yes, effective. If that's all you've got, please do that mm-hmm. because you don't want to leave your gun dirty. That's the absolute worst thing you can do uh, for your muzzleloader. Um, so you definitely can use the hot soapy water method. If you're going to do it, you know, maybe don't use boiling hot water. I know it, it works a little bit faster, but it's a great way to burn yourself pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, you just you can literally you just – Put some water on patches and a little Dawn dish soap mm-hmm. and scrub the barrel. It will work. Yeah. Um, just make sure you get it really good and dry if you're going to do that because mm-hmm. um, otherwise you're going to have a worse mess than you started with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that is about all of the muzzleloader myths that we have time for. Um, it's all the muzzleloader myths I can think of that's today. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have uh, muzzleloader myths that you have heard that you think are incorrect, drop them in the comments. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or any of the other audio platforms, be sure to leave us a review uh, because that's going to help get our content into the hands of people that need it. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell to receive notifications. That way uh, we post videos twice a week. And so that way you get notifications whenever we're posting black powder content. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you in the next one.